This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. I don't know about you, but that gets me a little fired up, man. That intro right there, hearing Al Davis talk about the quarterback must go down, must go down hard. That just, mmm, that gets me going. Gets the juices flowing a little something. I'm fired up. Nah, that was a fake. That was a nah, fake. That was so fake. I'm trying to match your intensity, though. Come hey, on, Hey, look, though, this listen. is this is all real deal, though. If you can't if you can't come with the real, you just gotta you gotta. It's sometimes better just say be silent. You know what I mean? Don't try to bring no no fake energy, man. You gotta bring it. You gotta bring the heat, dog. Be fired up. This is this is the deal. But I am I'm more of a reserve fired up. You know, well, I'm fired up. I'm well fired then, up. I'm ready to go. All right, well then reserve that something else. <laughs> hey, and my man Aaron hit me up. By way of Twitter, he wants to know gut feeling about KJ Wright. Gut feeling. Think the Raiders pull the trigger on that move or no? My gut feeling, as DeMond's shaking his head, one day he'll learn we're in radio and that nobody can see you shake your head. You have to talk in the, in the microphone. DeMond says no. He shakes his head. My gut feeling I'll, is no. I'll tell you right now, man. My gut feeling, it's, 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 I hate it because my gut feeling tells me that they're not going to pull the trigger. But my brain tells me that they need to pull the trigger. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and I'm not the smartest dude in the room. I'm not smarter than them. They know what they are dealing with. They know what the, the players that they're looking at. They are going to go through the waiver wire when the, the releases happen. I just don't think that there's a guy that's more suited for the job. Even out of the guys that are going to get re- re- released. They're getting released for a reason. What, you know, most of it is just they're not up to par for the other 53. There may be some guys that are like, you know, cap cuts or whatever. Fine. I just think he's the best guy for the job for that linebacking position. That is a problem. And I brought this up, and we'll get to cover three in just a second. This always happens to cover three. I hate that. I'm so sorry, cover three, (laughs) as I'm talking to a segment. But I brought this up. I tweeted it out from the game yesterday, and I said, the Raiders struggling to stop a mobile quarterback. And they have Lamar Jackson coming to town in a couple weeks. And everyone got on the defense like I was just trashing them. Oh, it's their second and third and their four stringers. Okay, I get it. I get that. I'm not saying that it wasn't. I am saying that a guy like Devon Diablo is going to be asked to do a lot. He was out there. I am saying that a guy like Gerald McCoy, he talked about it in great length in the, in the post-game media session where he's talking about all the window dressing. That's stuff that even if you are a second, a third, or a four stringer, you've got to be aware of how to... To contain and, and keep containment. Oh, there was one play where Malcolm Kuntz like, yes. like didn't contain. He the fell edge for the all. banana in the tailpipe. Oh yeah, and he was just got caught looking. So those, there are some plays where you just say, "Oh, these right. are just backups." But hey, these guys are going to be asked to play in games. At some point, they're going to get out there, and I'm not hitting the panic button. I'm not saying Lamar Jackson's going to run for 200 yards. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it's something to pay attention to. If you don't follow. You know the 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 issues that may be there. It's two weeks in a row they played against the Rams. Quarterback was mobile, not not like a Trey Lance running the zone read like, like they they were doing that on Sunday, but a guy that's tough to get down. Nate Hobbs had a direct shot at him at at uh, at, at the Rams quarterback. I forget his name, um, and I hate that I did Perkins. Sorry, uh, yeah, they had a direct shot at him and couldn't get him to the ground. He's slippery. 
Well, Lamar Jackson is slippery. That's all I'm saying. Uh, you know, I just, it was just a note. It was like a little asterisk, and everyone got on the defense. Oh, my God, Q. It's third and fourth, fourth stringers. Okay. All right. So when Monday Night Football comes, and if Lamar Jackson starts getting off, I don't want to hear what's going on. What happened? What's the deal? No, I'm just saying it's, it's, a, it's something to pay attention to. It's, just, it's all part of it. It's all part of a puzzle. I'm not going to sit here and give you rainbows and puppy dogs every day. I'm not going to do that. If I see something that I notice and I want to say something about it, I'm going to. Simple as that. You know, don't have to read it. Just don't have to. <laughs> you have options. Just think it's funny that I, you know, I bring up something. Now if I had said, man, the Raiders defense is flying around looking great, it would have been like, yeah, hell yeah, Gus Bradley, baby. Or it would have been the calm down. It's only preseason people. Right, right. There would have been that too. There would have been that too. But it was the 49ers first stringers. That's the other, that was the other. It's the first stringers against third stringers. Okay, well, the 49ers are working on something. The Raiders are working on something. I loved what John Gruden said that, hey, we need to evaluate players that we don't have an idea about. I thought that was a good explanation. Again, like Shereen said in the in the last segment when we talked to her, or the last hour when we talked to her, every coach, every team goes at it differently. I think that they should get some burn, but you don't want to get you don't want to get a guy injured, so I get it. But I also understand where John Gruden's coming from when he said, hey, man, we want to evaluate people that we don't know. We know what Darren Waller does. We know what Josh Jacobs does. We know what Derek Carter. We need to see what a divine Diablo thrown into the fire against a guy who in a zone read is going to do. I want to see what, you know, Malcolm Koontz is going to do. I want to see what unknowns are going to do. I, I don't have any problem with that. Everyone has their own approach. And I'm fine with that. Just thought that it was, you know, something that was noteworthy. Again, not even, not even a big, oh, my God moment or the sky is falling moment. Never said anything like that. It's just, just a little note. Just a little note. Notes are good. You know, just have a little asterisk. That's what we do. With that being said, let's go ahead and jump into Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. It's time for Q's Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Being brought to you today by Nova Home Loans. We'll talk to Dustin on Thursday. Uh, all things all things Nova Home Loans and everything that they have going on and what they could do for you. Uh, Harrison Smith signed a contract extension with the Vikings. Uh, he was a guy that was uh, going into a contract year. He now has a four-year contract extension, $64 million, $22.5 million he'll get in the next eight months. The NFL, it's the highest salary for a safety in the NFL, and I say that, and then another safety will go sign a deal, and he'll be the highest safety in the league. But for now, Harrison Smith gets the bag, and uh, that's that's great for him. He now has five years on his on his current deal. Uh, $74.83 million. He's been a staple on that Vikings defense for quite a while. Nine-year career, has 28 interceptions, 438 return yards, and four touchdowns. So uh, really good safety. Remains in Minnesota for the foreseeable future. Uh, a couple notable notable cuts around the league so far. The Lions, they moved on from Bigfoot, a.k.a. Brashad Perriman. He's another one of those guys I put in the Bigfoot category. We can write on – we have a, a, a whiteboard here in the studio. We can literally – Put Bigfoot and just write guys' names under there. Obi Melanfonwu definitely put a Bigfoot name for him. Brashard Perriman, he's another Bigfoot. Noted. When the Baltimore Ravens drafted him in the first round, and I really respect the Baltimore Ravens front office. I think they're one of the best in the business. I really do. When they drafted him in the first round, even I could see that that was a bad pick. I was from the jump. I was like, that is not a good pick. <laughs> that is an awful. Pick. I don't know what happened. I don't know what they were thinking when they made that move. They were just desperate for a guy that had some wheels. But he that was a terrible pick from the jump. 
It just never worked out. He's been on multiple teams right now. And so the Lions, who need all the help they can get, talent-wise, have released him as well. The Cardinals released wide receiver Keyshawn Johnson. Not Keyshawn Johnson, but Keyshawn Johnson. I like to call him that just to differentiate. He was the young man out of wire, uh, out of uh, Fresno State. Uh, he was a guy that I thought was going to be a good player. Really did. I, th- I actually kind of liked him a lot. And uh, they've moved on from him. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they released cornerback Antonio Hamilton. He's been around the league for a while. Uh, they said Hamilton had a strong preseason, performed well on special teams, but he pretty much is a nickelback. And Arian said that they already had several players who could play nickel. The final cornerback spot is going to go to a player who could play outside. That's from Jenna Lane on ESP, or from ESPN on Twitter. So that was a couple little noticeable uh, uh, cuts so far. And again, like Shireen said, we're going to see a bunch because that's just kind of what we always do. Also, uh, there was a rumor and a report that Deshaun Watson was going to get traded uh, at some point before the season. Dolphins, Texans, Broncos, Eagles, Panthers, they were all kind of listed. I don't think that that's going to happen. Uh, Aaron Wilson, who uh, covers the Texans for uh, for the Houston Chronicle, just like John McClain does, tweeted out just a little while ago, the Texans are prepared to have Deshaun Watson on the 53-man roster and inactive every week. Uh, Watson, who has, uh, has issued a standing trade request with no deal, uh, would be paid his $10.54 million salary. Uh, so that's the plan. According to Aaron Wilson, that's something that Shereen Williams had kind of said, like, hey, this is what I'm hearing is going to be the plan. Well, Aaron obviously is hearing the same thing. He covers the, the Texans like a glove as well. Fit, be on the 53-man roster and just keep them inactive every week. That's such a – I know that their hands are tied, but that is such a bad plan. I know there's nothing they can do. What else can they do? But – God, it just so. What would you? What, what do you think is a better idea for them to do? I feel like you got to call up the league and just say, "Hey, Raj, can you just go suspend them or something?" Yeah, yeah <laughs> right. Raj, help us out. Hey, man, throw us a bone, dog. <laughs> you already know we're gonna be bad. We're exactly. probably gonna be picking number now one. We losing a roster spot. Um, who was the um? Their Justin was it Justin Reed? Um, yeah, yeah, their yeah. safety. Yep. Who had, he might have to be the full time kicker now because they just like, hey, man, we got to save these roster spots. <laughs> right. We got to use them all that we can now. <laughs> right. No, no doubt. Uh, that would be. I, I don't know why the league is is doing that. I guess because there's nothing definitive yet. They can't really technically suspend them because it's like well what are you suspending them for because everything is just kind of allegations you really don't know but then again the league makes their own their own rules and yeah, regulations it's really hit or miss on what they want to tackle and what they're they never don't. consistent yeah. with anything 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 you could say something and i could say the exact same thing and it'd be like all right well demand suspended for six games q we'll just give him three why i don't know <laughs> just what we felt like. That's just how we and felt. It's, it's always just what they feel like. Right. And I, it's, That's, not, they are one of the most inconsistent when it comes to suspensions and their reasoning for suspensions. Uh, there's some trades that are coming in fast and furious. The Giants, they traded defensive tackle B.J. Hill to the Bengals and received former first-round center Billy Price. Price was a first-round pick in 2018 from Ohio State. Also, the Bills traded defensive end Daryl Johnson to the Panthers, getting a 2022 sixth-round pick in return. Johnson was a seventh-round pick in 2019, has 29 career tackles, two career sacks, and he's played in 31 games. And you want to talk about bad luck. If it wasn't for bad luck, Carson Wentz would have no luck. I'm telling you, you want to talk about this dude. I'm sure sometimes he probably sits in his room and is like, why, dude? Why? Why? Why me now? You know, I mean, I, I never like to sign up to be that why me guy. But at some point, I think Carson Wentz has the right to be like, why me? <laughs> why me now? Are you kidding me? He has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list. Again, him, Zach Pascal, and Ryan Kelly, the center, are all close contacts with a staff member who tested positive. Uh, so they should be back in five days as long as they remain negative and asymptomatic. But, I mean, Carson Wentz has to look at himself and think, are you kidding me? I can't get out of harm's way to save my life 
Now I'm around a dude. I don't even have, like, I haven't tested positive. I'm just around a dude who has, <laughs> you know, so now I'm out for another five days. He just came back from the foot surgery, was just starting to get some reps back. Him and Quentin Nelson, Quentin Nelson, he gets on the COVID-19 list, and now he's he's been returned already back to practice, but it's just like, man, that I, I'm telling you, if, if I'm the Colts, if I'm head coach Frank Reich, I'm thinking, damn, man, this dude is, he's just a walking piece of bad luck. Just bad luck. He is. Maybe they were a team that should have, like, maybe make try to make a trade for another backup QB. Because your boy from Texas, I think he's out for a couple of couple of weeks now too. Oh, Sam Ellinger. Yeah, he's he's yeah, also out. So just yeah, yeah. Like, I felt bad for him yeah, too. So it's like Carson, we need you to be healthy, man. Like we, I we think the Colts are just snake bitten, right? I think they're just snake bitten at this point. Maybe the AFC South just has because even the Titans had a they had multiple. Well, they had their head coach players. is still out. Yes, their head coach is still out. Head coach, starting quarterback. <laughs> you sound like you're kind of salty about that. A little bit, man, because it's one of those you vaccinated and then you just like, like you said, you just around somebody. Yeah, it's all bad. Who knows? Well, I don't think the Texans have a shot, but right. maybe Trevor Lawrence can just come and like steal a couple of games and be in don't first worry about, place. No, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I don't think you have to worry about that. Uh, I, I would be interested to watch Trevor Lawrence. He did look good against the Cowboys yesterday, uh, but you know the Cowboys also went over in the preseason and they never really. They never really go out there with the intention of winning a bunch of preseason games. They just don't. I mean, I, I think that they'll be fine. But, um, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, he's he's going to be a good player. He's going to be. I just don't know how that dynamic's going to work between him and Urban Meyer. I don't know how long Urban Meyer is going to want to stick around and, and see this thing out. Because, you know, Urban Meyer, he all of a sudden will have a health scare. As soon as things start going a little bit south, he'll have a health scare real, real quick, fast, and hurry. That's just his M.O. <laughs> just who he is. So he is. What are you saying? I'm serious. I'm saying he fakes it all the time. Oh, oh so you're saying he fakes it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to imply it. I said it. Yes. Yes. He'll, he'll say that as an excuse. Oh, I'm, yeah, for the uh, my health and my family, I need to step away from the game. And then a year later, two years later, oh, I feel good and energized. I'm back. Oh, I got a little sticky. It's kind of like the Pete Carroll situation. Pete Carroll all of a sudden left USC. I don't care. I'll say it. I have no problem. Everyone else is thinking it. Ping, ping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pete Carroll, he saw all these violations coming down the train track. And he's like, hell, I'm out of here. Seattle, here I come. That's, I mean, let's call it how it is, man. We don't BS around here. We call it how it is. I can tell. Yeah. But I, I also agree 100% about Urban Meyer, though. Exactly. It's just like, oh, man, the headaches. Oh, it's just, right. It's always something. Right. It's when always you feel like something. leaving a job. Exactly. It's, it's just it's the name of the game for Urban Meyer. So uh, that's just uh, that's that's just that's his mo. Uh, the Saints talking about something serious, man. They uh, they're actually practicing in Dallas this week. And an update from this whole situation that's going on with uh, Hurricane Ida and uh, definitely prayers in New Orleans. Uh, pr- man, prayers to all the folks that are being affected by that. That's I mean I, I joke around here a lot, but uh, man, that's a that's a terrible situation that's going on in New Orleans. I hate to wake up and watch the news and see see a you know a situation like that because I'm just thinking like, damn again. You know, I mean, it's just it's just always, always happening in New Orleans. So many prayers to all the folks out there in New Orleans that are affected by Hurricane Ida. But the Saints, they're practicing in Dallas, and and head coach Sean Payton has said that he does not expect his team to return to New Orleans at all this week. Uh, of course, they're supposed to play and host the Packers to open up the season on September twelfth. That's probably going to be up in the air, questionable. Now, who knows where they they may play? They may play at a neutral site somewhere. And honestly, that's probably the least important is where the game's played or if the game is played. It's really about the safety and the health and everything of the play, of the people of New Orleans. And again, just affected by uh, Hurricane Ida, and just again hate that for them. But it's something that at this point they're they're used to this. You know those those possibilities, and it, it could happen at any time there. And and just hate it. I remember when we were there for the Super Bowl. And we were driving around. We went to this 
this fried chicken place um, down in, I believe, the Fifth Ward. And you just drive around, and, you know, houses are, are kind of up on on stilts. And you could just see the, the, the stains from where the water level was so high. You know what I mean? And that was years removed from Hurricane Katrina. I mean, years removed, but you could still see just walls and, and houses stained from how high the, the water was. And it's just, it's a, it's an ugly reminder that this, this happened to this community, you know, and uh, I'm big on community, man. And I, I know how important it is for, for the health of everyone, man, is, is, is having a healthy community and, and, and having that, that community base and that foundation. And so for that, that to get, you know, that, that area to get hit like that again, man, it's just, it's awful. So uh, the Saints are navigating through it. Of course, you know, LSU, I mean, all, all those programs that are there in that area are all paying attention to what's going on, and we're paying attention from a distance as well. So we want nothing but the best from for all those folks. So uh, that's what I got for you for uh, Cover 3 NFL News and Notes of the Day. The time is 318. Raider Nation, I want to hear from you, 702-365-9200. Let me know. One guy who you believe earned a job, one guy who you believe did not earn a job and will be released tomorrow by 1 o'clock. That's when the roster has to be cut down to 53 men. Let me hear from you. 702-365-9200. Of course, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Visit because you deserve what's right. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Any Oakland Raider fan, Las Vegas Raider fan, stand up. Keep standing. Keep standing. Anybody... Anybody who's a fan of the way I played the game of football, you stand up too. Anybody. Keep standing. Don't sit down. Stand up. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. That was the perfect sound bite right there from Charles Woodson. Don't sit down. Keep standing. That's the kind of energy we need for this show. That's the kind. That's that's real. You can't you can't fake that, Demon. That's real. That's real intensity right there from C Wood. That's what this show's all about. That intense moment. Don't sit down, Demon. Do I sit down during the show? You do not, and it, <laughs> and it makes me stand up. I'm not gonna lie. Sometimes I want to sit down, but I'm like, I can't sit down if he's still standing. Exactly. Exactly. The only time I sit down during the show is if I'm on location somewhere and there happens to be a chair there. I'll, then I'll sit down. That's yeah, the, the only time. not in the studio, you should see Q. I got to tell people. It's like when Q asks a good question, like if you have to guess, like that's a good question. Q is celebrating like he just made a sack. Like I would love to see Q sack dance on the field because I'm, I'm sure that's what oh, happens when he's asking good questions here in the, in for the sure, studio. For sure. I do. I get pumped up. This, I love this. <laughs> you know what I mean? I do. This is uh, it's a passion of mine. So when someone says, oh, that's a really good question or – when I know that I got a really good question and, and then the, the answer, you know, whatever. Or we have a really good interview. Someone calls in, especially the ones that are supposed to call in. It always makes me nervous when people get to call in because a lot of times you think they're going to fake. But when they actually call in and we get them on the line, then I'm fist pumping. Yeah, let's go. So DeMond sees this all the time. Like a lot of people don't really realize what goes on as soon as DeMond turns off the microphone. And especially like sometimes the first segment of the show, as soon as we go to commercial, that first commercial break, all of a sudden, Boom! That's the way to start things off. That, I know the people in the hallway that are just still getting used to who I am probably think that is the loudest, angriest black dude I've ever met in my life. And I'm not angry. <laughs> I'm just loud and passionate. I just love this. No, but it is infectious. I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it does rub off on me. If it's like, hey, could you find that sound? If it's something like, and if it's like, <laughs> I find it, just like, yeah, man, I'm like that. I'm like that. I am that guy. See? Exactly. But I'm just not. It's like, 
Yeah, but you, like you just come with it. I just I, I can't help it. I can't help it. It's just no, it's, I love it. It's just what it's just what we do around here. And Raider Nation, we also what we do around here is love to hear from you. 702-365-9200, Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. I can always count on someone that's going to bring the heat on the text line, on the Salmon Ash text line. That's my guy, Tom. He said, hey, Q, I'm going to try to stay positive. Maybe Lamar Jackson only runs for 130 yards, and the Raiders hold them as a team to under 250 rushing yards. Positivity, LOL, Tom. Then he said, yeah, Fired up, Q, and this is going back to me talking about the opener, the intro, where Al Davis is talking about the quarterback's got to go down, he's got to go down hard. He says, yeah, fired up, Q. Took 15 years, finally had a player that could bring the quarterback down, and they locked him up, right? Oh, wait, he played his best years in Chicago from Tom. Tom always brings it. Tom always brings it, and talking about Khalil Mack, we, we, we know. We know, we know the scenario. We, we know what's going on. I used to, for the longest, I used to call him Agent 52 because I didn't even want to say his name because it hurt my feelings. Um, that was a rough day, man. The day that he got traded, September 1st, was such a terrible day for me. I remember I had done it. It was a Saturday morning. I had done a high school football game that night, Friday night. Went to sleep late. Had gone out, had a couple drinks and some food after the game and everything. And gone to, gone to, uh, gone to bed pretty late. Had to get up in the morning and uh, mow, mow the lawns. And in Texas, I had a lot of you have a lot of land in Texas. There's a lot of grass. Like here, it's awesome. I got AstroTurf here. I'm so happy. <laughs> I ain't got to wake up on Saturday morning and worry about the lawn. I'm good. But I had to do the lawns, which is a kid's job. But that's a whole other story. I uh, I had to do. <laughs> I had to mow the lawns, and I woke up, looked at my phone, and saw that Khalil Mack had been traded, and I was so angry, so angry. I got out of bed, and the wife's like, "Are you okay?" I didn't even like give her a good morning. I didn't do nothing like that. I was just like. I'm going outside, put, put my headphones on, started a 90s hip hop on Pandora and just all, like I, I know I was so loud probably in, while I'm mowing the lawn. You probably could hear me next door because the whole time I'm just talking to myself, like trying to make it make sense to me. It was it was a really bad day. And then and then there's a Baylor game that day and I had to cover Baylor as well. That was the first game of the season. <laughs> right. So later that afternoon, I had to do the Baylor game. Well, I decided to go record a podcast, an emergency podcast at the radio station before that. So I'm active, dog. I'm I'm busy. And so this one smart ass named Andrew comes into the studio. He was like the he was like the funny guy. The the he's kind of like Tyler Bischoff on ESPN where he's he's always got some kind of funny whatever. He's he always pokes fun at oh, people. I know the type. You know what I mean? Little he wants to get under your skin a little bit, you know, and I respect it. That's his thing. Yeah, that's his yeah. thing. I respect that. I just didn't respect it that day. You know what I mean? <laughs> I didn't respect it that day. So this dude pokes his head in while I'm recording this uh, podcast, and he's like, hey, Q, how you doing today? I was like, how I'm doing? You know how I'm doing. I'm doing bad. Like, I was mad, dog. If there was a day he was going to get punched in the throat, it was almost that day. I was so bad. I may have said a few expletives to him as well. It was bad. It was bad business. You, um, like, the way you started that is like, <laughs> I remember where I was that day. And I was like, dang, man, is that serious? Yeah, man, I woke up, and I had to go cut the grass. Is that and your it, phone? Was that your phone? No, it wasn't me. That was you? No, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. Was it, I, I'm, if it was, I'm just, nope. Oh, you know what it was? <laughs> What's that? That was my watch. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> oh, my watch said, sorry, I didn't get that. That's what, oh. it was Siri trying to get in on our conversation. See how that happens around here? Definitely unnecessary roughness. We got Ed Grady coming up from ESPN Las Vegas in just a second, but let me go out to the phone lines real quick. Mitch in New Jersey, you're on Unnecessary Roughness. What's on your mind, my man? I don't you. Hey. I didn't like that trade either. Really, <laughs> a short... Hang on to a sure thing. Sometimes these uh, these high draft choices don't pan out, as we well know. Uh, 
I mentioned I like to mention also the Colts. They've been kind of cursing Fred Jones, and I'm going before your time. Fred Jones, Andrew Luck, and it, and it continues. I was not happy with the defensive line, and I, I don't like Peterman. I want Jamie Newman, but that's just me. Okay. Thanks for taking my question. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. Thank you so much for that, man. Short and sweet to the point. I like that. Let's keep the party rolling real quick. Gangster Raider, what's on your mind this afternoon? Just kidding. I think that that story, uh, that story about Mac got him uh, fired up. So uh, appreciate it, Gangster Raider. Uh, sorry that I held you on hold so long. And Mitch in New Jersey, thank you f- so much for your call. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas. Uh, he'll talk about what he saw from the Raiders. Also give us a little bit of preview of what's going to go down this Thursday with UNLV and also Eastern Washington. And you can hear that game live on our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas. But that's coming up next. Ed Graney, our guy from the press box, is coming up. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. All right, we're back. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. That's how we do. we got to get to our next guest, Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He was sitting side-by-side with me at the press box at uh, Santa Clara at uh, Levi's Stadium on, on Sunday. And, uh, Ed, I appreciate your time this afternoon. Before we get into it, man, what did you think of the stadium? Was that the first time you had been to Levi's? No, you know what, Q? I was there for the Super Bowl with Manning uh, played against Camp. Gotcha. And yep. um, I deal, I remember a few things in that. One, I think they had, they uh, introduced the uh, hundred year team or the, the, the some anniversary team, and Brady in his hometown was booed off the field. I remember that. That was great. <laughs> um, I remember sitting in the sun where it was just blazing hot, and then obviously Peyton Manning winning the Super Bowl. But I wanted to check on you. I want to see if you're healthy and you're rested. Obviously, I didn't see you at halftime. I think you went down and played the second half yesterday. <laughs> there was actually no players that John Gruden brought with him. So I thought you did well in the second half. I don't know if you're going to make the 53 cube, but there's a chance for the practice squad. There you go. There, hey, I appreciate that. You know, someone told me that. They said, you should have uh, suited up for the team. And I said, no, if I yes. did, they might have accidentally thrown me in the game, and then I'm really in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a... Uh, it was cool. You and I talked about it. Look, I mean, they got to get ready for what comes now. You know, I mean, people have different opinions. Obviously, Shanahan has a different opinion. He played a bunch of ones yesterday, but it's all about what's happening now and in two weeks. And however you get there, you get there, and then they got to prove it starting then. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Ed, one thing I wanted to ask you about the game is uh, I, I realized that it was, you know, third, fourth, second stringers, whatever you want to say for the Raiders, uh, especially defensively. But I thought that it was a, a, a noteworthy kind of little nugget that the last two weeks against the Rams and the 49ers, the Raiders have kind of struggled against mobile quarterbacks. I mean, that's just a reality, and they have Lamar Jackson coming to town. So is there any concern on your part from, uh, from that lack of really being able to get the, the quarterback to the ground? I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure there is, and I'm sure there should be on people who, like you said, watch the last two weeks, and here comes, you know, one of, if not the most mobile guys in the league to open up. Um, the 53 is going to be interesting, obviously, to see who's going to have to play against him and who's going to have to, you know, break him down again. We, you know, I thankfully maybe we saw a few in the secondary last week, but we haven't seen a ton of the guys who are now going to be tasked with that uh, on Monday Night Football on the 13th. But sure, I think um, you know guys like that give everyone a problem. But the Raiders have been a team where they've struggled against quarterbacks like that. So he's got you know Gruden's got two weeks and to figure it out, and Gus Bradley has two weeks to figure it out, and they better get it figured out. I mean, it, that guy's going to come in. You know, they lost their running back, that so it's going to be put more pressure obviously on Lamar to make plays now. So he can do that, and the Raiders, uh, I, you know, like I said, I think we're all waiting for Demar to use in the fifty-three, but they're going to have to try to figure out a way to contain him and. 
you're not going to stop him, but you, right. know, you can't let him go crazy either. Exactly. We're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, also from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. Does a great job on both here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And how about Marcus Mariota? That's a guy that I think we've talked about him so much, about the anticipation of a package for Marcus Mariota, but he just hasn't been available, you know? And, and John Gruden in press conferences has expressed the fact that he wants to see him, but he just can't. Uh, how, how concerned are you that he's spent so much time with the team and yet really has only played in one game? Really concerned. I mean, I, I think they want it, you know, and that's the thing going into tomorrow now. I think they keep three. Um, there is a thought process out there that you would wave, um, wave Nathan Peterman and try to sign him back if he cleared. And I think if you watched yesterday, he'd probably clear. But they have a decision there to make, and I think the decision queue would be a lot more easier had Marcus played and played well. Right. Um, there's going to be other positions there, wide receivers, secondary, where they're going to try to hold on to guys, um, and that yet you have not seen Marcus Mariota play. So, you know, while Nate Peterman is Nate Peterman in a lot of ways, he's still a guy who took all but one snap in the preseason, and he's a guy you can throw into a game right now because you know he's healthy. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I think Gruden really wanted to see Marcus Mariota. He's obviously going to be their number two, but... There's some question marks there. Like you said, we've seen him one time in the entire time he's been with the Raiders, and that's not a lot. No, no, it's really not. And he was forced into action, and that's all we keep hearing from John Gruden is, well, he's emergency. Uh, he's available as emergency quarterback if if needed. You know, yeah. so that's whatever that. Means. Right, <laughs> exactly, absolutely. Uh, linebackers, offensive line, two areas of concern that I have. I just don't think the depth is there. Uh, I think it was shown, even though again, is it wasn't all the 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 first teamers. It wasn't any of the first teamers yesterday. But it just looks like, hey, the offensive line. If a guy goes down here or a guy goes down there, the Raiders are in trouble. If another linebacker goes down here or another linebacker goes down there, they're in major trouble. What are your thoughts on those two positions? Well, I think the linebackers are hurting only because Javen White and Nick Smart are out, and I'm sure it'll be on IR, and that, that, that hurts them. Um, you know, I think Littleton, Kwiatkowski, Diablo, Muse, people like that. I mean, there's some young guys there. Muse was hurt all last year. We know Devine, you know, just got his really his first action um, that we saw. So, yeah, I think the depth, and you talked about this, you talked about it yesterday, the game, they need quality depth at certain spots, and this is one of those spots. And, you know, until those guys get healthy, Mara and Javen, I don't know if they have the quality depth. Um, that's going to be interesting. Perriman just uh, passed his physical, so he'll be fine. He, he, you need him in there. Um, and then when it comes to the offensive line, I'm going to be really interested in who stays and who goes. I've heard a name in the last 24 hours that I just can't believe and that's uh, Nick Martin, and I'll only say this because of that, because at the end of the day, you have a center in Andre James who's really not been a full-time center in that league, you know, for obvious reasons. He played by mm-hmm. one of the best centers ever. But you at least have a Nick Martin, a guy who's played six years at the position. And I, I keep hearing, I don't know why, in circles, like, would they move on from him? And I just don't think you can. I don't know if you can tell Andre, say Andre James is our guy and Nick Martin's gone in case something happens up front. So, that's interesting to me on who they're going to keep there, like depth. But you're right. I think of all the positions right now, linebacker is kind of the most dicey, only because you've got two pretty good players. Well, and Nicholas Morrow, a really good player, hurt, and we're not going to be able to start the season. Right. And, and going back to the center position, I know that Jimmy Morrissey, the seventh-round pick from mm-hmm. Pitt, I know he's making these conversations probably a little bit more difficult yes. than anticipated. But can yeah. you imagine if James were to go down and then having the backup of a guy who's never never been in the league either and a seventh-round pick at that? I mean, that's asking a whole lot from a couple young guys. No, it is. And, and it's the reason. I, I mean, I, if on my 53, I had Morrissey being cut tomorrow. But again, so, so you can't cut Martin at that point. Right, you're, you're, you, can't, you can't you can't move on from both of them because no. you can't do that. So I think Nick Martin may I think beat no John Gruden 
having a veteran, having a guy he could in who knows who's done it. And let's be honest, I mean, Andre James still has a lot to prove. Mm-hmm. So you're three, four weeks down the road, and he's grading out not a very good grade. You know, as you just said, Q, do you want to change? You know, you want to uh, turn to Jimmy Morrissey or a guy's been a center for six or seven years? I'm kind of going with the guy who's been a center for six or seven years. So they need someone behind Andre James, and my preference or opinion is it should be a veteran who actually knows what you know what it's like to play in the NFL. Yeah, it just it does. It feels like a tall task to ask a couple young dudes to stay healthy throughout the course of a 17 game yeah. season. And then, yeah. oh, by the way, if you're called into duty, just know what you're supposed to be doing, right? I mean, yeah. that's yeah, that's that's definitely rolling the dice. We're we're talking right now with Ed Graney from ESPN Las Vegas, the press box, seven to ten a.m. with Tyler Bischoff does a great job there. Got to turn our attention to UNLV, Ed. I want to talk about them they get the season started on thursday against eastern washington i'm excited about the the season opener and seeing some rebel football eastern washington is no slouch man that's a really good team so uh what are your thoughts just going into this this first game uh this is not quite a covid year uh it's it's not what it was last year it's not going to be a six game season but what are your thoughts on this game coming up on thursday well, we'll go shameless plug because we're going to have the Eastern Washington head coach uh, best on our show in the press box tomorrow, 7.30 local time. Nice. Uh, so <laughs> nice. I like <laughs> gotta, it. Got to gotta plug it. Um, no, I mean, Eastern Washington, like you said, they have an advantage in that FCS played a season. And, mm-hmm. you know, they got in those competitive games where, you know, you're really going all out. Not that the Rebels didn't, but the COVID year made it so weird. Uh, Eastern Washington can score. Um, now, this is a game. I haven't seen one local. I've seen offshore numbers at Eastern Washington at four. I think that's mostly just because the Rebels didn't win a game and Eastern Washington played a season. Um, I think the Rebels should win. Um, I, and, I, and, and saying that, I, I haven't, no one's seen them. Um, right. He's listing two quarterbacks as oars, Doug Brumfield and Justin Rogers. I think Brumfield gets the nod. And I think if Brumfield plays really well, last year Marcus played three or four quarterbacks because it was his first year. No one really stood out. I think Marcus really wants someone to stand out. Like, I don't think you want to play two or three quarterbacks. It's just not, you know, it's one thing if, like you said, if you have a package for Mariota or, you know, those kind of situations, that's one thing. But to keep going back and forth with quarterbacks, I don't think any coach really likes that. So my guess is Brumfield starts, and if they're winning the game, and if they win the game, he's the guy, and you go to the next week and the next week. So that's what I think will happen. It was interesting to me, Cameron Fields listed as the three on the depth chart. Tate Martell was not. Right. Um, that to me tells me either Tate Martell's hand surgery is taking a long time to you know to um, recover from, or he just hasn't been around enough to where they feel comfortable putting him in on death chart and having people talk about him playing. I still think he's going to play this year, but it was interesting when the death chart came out and he wasn't on it. I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, and then look, it's going to UNLV is very simple to dissect. It's going to come down to much like the Raiders defensively. UNLV hasn't been good defensively in forever. I mean, I'm talking forever. And, right. you know, and, and they have got to get better. The good part for them is they've got a lot of new players who are older players. They've got seniors and juniors, kids who have played in the Pac-12, who are not going to come into Legion Stadium and be blinded or you know, and, and, you know, fall under the lights of the Legion Stadium at all. they played in big-time places. But that's it, man. They've got to be better defensively. I think with Charles Williams, I think the quarterbacks will be serviceable. They have, good, they have some good wide receivers in Kyle Williams. Um, they got Zyle Griffin's a good kid. Tylee Collins actually two in the depth chart. He's a very good player at wide receiver. So it's weird. I think the the two teams in town mimic each other in terms of you know they're probably going to score some points, but who can they stop? And you know he's much like that. Right. And Ed, you mentioned Charles Williams, uh, the Chuck Wagon. They call him. I, I like that yeah. name. Uh, how much burn do you expect for him to get? Not just in this game on Thursday, but how much do you expect Coach Royal to really ride him throughout the course of this season? I think you have to until you know your quarterback can play. I mean, until you know that kid, you know, whoever it is, Brumfield, Rogers, Friel, you know, Tate, I don't know who it's going to be ultimately, but until you know you have someone good there, 
you got to ride the senior. Um, and you know, look, this is this is the, the Charles is he's five nine two hundred. I don't know what his future is, but this is the time to put yourself on tape. Um, you know, they obviously have tape from him before. This is really a time to put yourself on tape. So I think he's going to get you know the boatload of uh, of carries and, and and interest early until you find out if Doug Brownfield or Justin Rogers can lead the team through the air. So Charles is a great kid. He's a great story out there. Um, Charles, one of those kids, like you, it was who was the kid from Nebraska, the quarterback Martinez. Yesterday, mm-hmm. um, I was watching in the airport a couple days before we went up to, to see you in San Francisco. My dad is that guy like ninety? Like some <laughs> of these guys, they've been like around forever. Like forever. He's been, like, been like the quarterback in Nebraska since like Osborne was the coach. Like who is? <laughs> but you know, Charles kind of has that feel. Like you know, Charles been around for a while and he's been through it. And you know, I think Charles Williams has a lot of motivation this year. Not only if he wants to play after this year. But the kid wants to win, and they haven't won. And, and, you know, a kid like that who's a senior, I think, is going to give you his absolute best effort for a lot of reasons. And, Ed, it wouldn't be a, a, a weekly check-in with you if DeMond didn't have a question for you. So hold on. Here we go. Oh, What's no, up, man. Like, that's so funny about Charles. I think I actually had a class with Charles back at yeah. UNLV. He, he has been there for a while. <laughs> and speaking of, like, how long he's been there, you remember 2017 when they lost to Howard? And then that oh, yeah. was a that was a game that no one expected them to lose to start the season. No. Do you think that this game? How important do you think this game is to the program and Coach Arroyo? Just like I'm not saying oh. you can't lose to an FES, FCS team, but like how important is this game to the Rebel program? Because I think it's a must win. The first game of the okay. season is a must win. You're absolutely right. First of all, they've got a better chance to see Eastern Washington because Cam Newton's younger brother isn't the quarterback, which I think he was <laughs> at Howard. Mm-hmm. Um, just the, just that night, like, well, that guy's probably pretty good, but. Damon, you hit it out. You hit it on the head, man. Listen, after this, you go at ASU, home to Iowa State, who's a top five, six team with you know more All Americans, the first team than anyone in the country, which all, tells y'all need to know. when Iowa State has more first team All Americans than Alabama, so to get some kind of positive feeling, to get some kind of push locally as the Raiders start to open their season and all attention goes towards the NFL team in town, you don't want to lose to Eastern Washington. Not you're probably going to lose the next two. That's fine. And Texas San Antonio is not a pushover going there. But at least for a week, you've got to get people feeling good about the program. And losing to Eastern Washington would, and Damon, you know as well as anyone, would bring up so many old feelings and so many perceptions that they just can't get it done there. So if there's ever been, I can't believe I'm saying this, a must-win game against Eastern Washington University, <laughs> this is the must-win against Eastern <laughs> The first Washington. game of the season. First game is a must-win. I'm already, this is a must-win. Wow. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Talking right now with Ed Graney from the Press Box on ESPN Las Vegas, uh, also the Las Vegas Review Journal. You can find him on Twitter, at Ed Graney. And so uh, I know that Eastern Washington, they do have an explosive offense. They have a quarterback that's breaking all kind of records, and he's probably going to go down as a, as a guy that has uh, all the school records. Uh, how... how and we talked about the defense of the Rebels not being that great. I mean, how much do they just really need to try to contain him and, and make someone else beat him? Yeah, and the good part is for the Rebels, they have film. You know, you have right. film, recent film of the kid. So it's not one of those situations. And, you know, we're having fun with Cam's little brother. I don't know how much – I can't even remember. I remember the game, DeMond said, I don't know how much film they had on him. But just the lineage is like, all right, you better look out for him if he's anything like his brother. Um, there's a lot of film on him. And, yeah, I think – look, they've had – forever to get ready for this. And I, I think Marcus knew going in that, look, ASU, Iowa State, even like people can say, wait, Texas, San Antonio, they go to bowl games. That's not going to be an easy game down there. They're not going to be favored to win it. So my guess is he's watched every bit of Eastern Washington tape on this quarterback, and they have a plan against him because it goes back to they have to win this game, which means you have to stop the quarterback at that, under that attack. So my guess is UNLV will have a plan. Whether or not they can execute it is a whole different uh, um uh, dissection, but 
they will be prepared. They'll know everything Eastern Washington to do, and if they line up and can't get it done, then they're going to lose the game. But if right. they can, they should, and I think they will win. Nice. I like it. I like it. Well, that's why we check in with you, Ed, to see what's going Thanks, on buddy. with the Rebels. We'd love it. Uh, let me ask you this. What you got coming up? I know you said the Eastern Washington coach is going to join you on the press box yep. tomorrow. What else you got coming up? We have uh, Eastern Washington coach tomorrow. We have uh, John Sassenti from Las Vegas, but also the kickoff classic here with BYU yep. in Arizona, so he's excited. Uh, I got the text during the show this morning. Where's the love for the uh, for the game? I said, all right, 9.30 tomorrow. So he'll be <laughs> in tomorrow, and then um, – and then, yeah, just uh, get my stuff ready to write for the paper on the uh, UNLV game. Uh, talk to Marcus hopefully tomorrow and then uh, be at the game Thursday with all of you guys. Nice. Well, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. It's never a dull moment here, right? We got UNLV, no, we got the kickoff classic, and we got the Raiders. Uh, so, yeah, exactly. we're, we're, we're pretty loaded. So, Ed, thank you so much for your time. I do appreciate you. It was great hanging out with you yesterday, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Appreciate you guys. Take care of yourselves. All right, there he goes, Ed Graney. Great job from the press box every single morning on ESPN Las Vegas, 7 to 10 a.m. Of course, on Twitter, at Ed Graney as well. Uh, got some texts that are rolling through. Want to hear from you, Raider Nation. we got a few minutes left in today's show. Want to close it out strong, so let us know. Uh, one guy who earned a job, one guy who didn't, 702-365-9200. Sam and Ash, text line 69187, keyword r This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. Hey, Raider Nation, this is Hall of Famer Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Raider Raider Nation, this is Marcus Allen, and you're listening to Radio Station 920. Say Raider Nation Radio 920. Raider Nation Radio Station 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left in today's show. Then we're going to pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor, who's going to be in the huddle. But he ain't going to be in the huddle long. It's a short show today. Uh, He'll be getting out about 445, so make way for Aviators Baseball. But uh, right now, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Let's talk to Raider Calvin who's in the Bay, and I think he's in Benicia. What's up, Raider Calvin? Hey, how you doing? Chilling, man, chilling. Show. Great show. Appreciate you. Hey, and congratulations. I was surprised you got a show on the, on the network, but it's awesome for him. So, Bay Area guy to get that, to make it this far is great. Thank I'm you. Glad, I'm glad for you. Hey, so you said one player to make it, and for me, watching was Amik Robinson, a cornerback, and one guy that probably ain't going to make it, LeBette, I believe is his name. Oh, yeah, Levitt, yeah. Yeah, Levitt, he's taking rough beating. I, I do have a question. Reader, what do you guys think of him? Ooh, oh, that's a that's a good one. I, I feel like he has moments that he's good, and then he has moments that make me scratch my head. You know what I mean? I feel like he's one of those uh, in-between guys. I, I really do. And uh, Levitt, you know, just to answer the question on him as well, he, he's he been taking a, a beating at the safety position. But that dude's, uh, I mean, he's a special teams guy. That's really where he's going to butter his bread. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, so I just wanted to say that I thought uh, Amik uh, looked good out there. Yeah. He, the jet sweep came at him, and he cut through two players that, to uh, uh, undercut the receiver. And then he had the uh, the defensive play against uh, Sanu when they tried to go deep on him mm-hmm. and, uh, to the end zone. And he had, he had completely taken the angle away from Sanu, yep. who was a veteran. They should never let that happen. So right. I thought I thought, I wanted, I thought he kind of stood out as far as that goes. You guys see more than I see, but those, those are two things I saw. I was like, okay, okay, it looks like he's he's ready to at least make the team and contribute. For so sure. I wasn't say that. For yeah, sure. Yeah. Great, great call. Thank you so much, Raider Calvin. We appreciate you out in the Bay, out in Benicia. And let's go back out to the phone line and go on out to Detroit. Raider Bob, what's on your mind today? 
How you doing? Killing I got me. a uh, question and a comment. My question: Who is the guy, uh, the linebacker we got about this time a year ago when Kwiatkowski was hurt? We got him from the Dolphins, I think, and he never did anything. Oh, Rick, was that Rayquan McMillan, right? That's it. Yeah. He didn't last long, did he? No. <laughs> no, I mean, he was around. He was around. He just didn't, like you said, he didn't do anything. I mean, he was out there. Uh, he, he participated in a in a small fashion, but, yeah, he, he, he didn't do anything. He was a guy that I kind of had good hopes for, high hopes for, thought he can come in in a pinch, and he really just, he didn't cut it. I hope Perryman's better than that. I agree. I agree. But anyway, um, and then the final thing, my uh, – I heard Woodson just like turned you back on the radio. I heard your comment Woods about Woodson's comment and back when he won the Heisman, uh there was I can't remember the, the sports host name, but he he just loved playing the sound bite of Woodson going around saying, Best player in the country standing before you. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Good old C Wood. That's good stuff. Yeah. So that's all I have. Good uh, hearing you guys, and uh, I listen as much as I can. Thank you so much. We appreciate you, Raider Bob, listening in Detroit by way of the Raiders mobile app. You can find it on Raiders mobile app under radio. Just click on it. Of course, lvsportsnetwork.com. You can always stream there as well, Raider Nation Radio 920. Now, I know we only got a couple minutes left in the show, but Vinny Bonsignor is standing by. He's going to be in the huddle for the next about 50-something minutes. So, uh, Vinny, who is also in Santa Clara, matter of fact, I don't even know if he's back in town yet. Oh, no, I think he is back in town. Vinny, uh, what were your thoughts on yesterday's game, my man? Okay, we don't have any. How are you gonna just gonna let me set? How are you gonna how are you gonna set me up like that? I was hoping it was just gonna be one of those like like he was say, just gonna miraculously yeah, show yeah, up because you know I'm I'm waiting for him to like you know it's just gonna be one of those <laughs> top perfect timing things. So I was like I'm gonna just wait and see how this plays out. Like as I'm leading up to Vinny, you could have been like Nah, he's not he's not there or or give me the the the. The, the hand motion, which you're really good at doing signals, and then this time you just let me out there. No, it was dry. one of those things. You know, sometimes like you just got. You know what faith. you just did? You, you just, just threw a really faith. bad pass, and I just ran into a, a, a defender, and you just set me up. You just set me up to get blasted over. But the it middle. was one of those things. Like I got faith, I got faith, and I was just like, you know, it's, it's all going to work out. Sometimes yeah, it didn't. you just got to say, but it didn't. You know, it didn't. You got me there because sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> it didn't work out. Jeff Barnett hit me up on Twitter. He said, if we're talking about the entire preseason, Hobbs earned a spot. No doubt about that. I believe Brown will be cut. Talking about John Brown, a.k.a. Smoke. As far as the starters playing in the preseason, you're right. You can't win. Just like in 2016 when D.C. broke his leg, everyone complaining that he shouldn't have been in the game at that point, let alone attempting a pass that late in the game with a comfortable lead. And that's the thing. I mean, it's easy to, you know, hindsight, it's always 20-20. It's easy to go back and second guess. It's always, uh, that's, that's so simple. But it's not. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it's really a fine line. Uh, I think preseason games would be great if some guys got some action in just so they could start to get their, their game legs underneath them. But, again, at what cost? At what cost? If you have a J.K. Dobbins moment, you're going to be angry. If you have you know, Patrick Mahomes moment where everything went good, then all is good. So uh, that's what it is. I'm passing the sticks on. Vinny Bonsignor is in the huddle. It's going to be a short in the huddle, but he's coming up next. Forward about 445. This is Raider Nation Radio 920.